It seems that no matter where you look, there's pop culture news flying around everywhere. But how can you keep up so you're ready to roll when a new episode of the Popcast comes out? Wouldn't it be wonderful if there was one place where you could go to get all the news you want? Then boy do I have good news for you, because Flipboard is here to help. Flipboard curates the world's stories so you can be smarter in your work, life, and play. Choose from thousands of topics to personalize Flipboard, and get the latest stories from the best publishers and experts delivered to you 24-7. Used by millions of people every day, Flipboard is how people move themselves and the world forward. Get started now at Flipboard.com. That's Flipboard.com. This is episode 17 of the Popcast. Hello, welcome to the Popcast, the pop culture podcast from Vernacular. We're your hosts, Maureen and Josh Goldman. Each week, we'll dive into the latest in pop culture with our three regular segments. First, the snack bag, where we cover some smaller stories from the past week. Second, the marquee topic, where we dive in depth into one pop culture story or event. And third, the teasers, where we give our suggestions for pop culture content you might have missed, but should definitely check out. Welcome back, everybody. How was your week? Are you asking me or our listeners? <laughs> I was asking our listeners. What but how they, was your week? What honey? if they had an answer? What would you say? I would say, I hope it was amazing. You Would you want them to give you a call or, or perhaps leave a message on Anchor? I ah. don't know how to see our anchor messages, so a well, call I, would be more convenient. I, I, could, <laughs> I could let you know if there's okay. a message on anchor. Great. Well, I am doing well, thank you. Yeah. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Speaking of comments and feedback and ratings, uh, we usually say this, save this for the end of the show, but we just thought we'd uh, say it up front. If you do have an opportunity to leave us a comment or uh, f- or any feedback or rating, especially on Apple Podcast, uh, leaving a rating on Apple Podcast is really easy. So if you enjoy our show, you can just go onto our feed on Apple Podcast and give us a a star rating that really helps other people find our show. So if you haven't done that and you've been thinking about doing it, please do so. Yeah. And if you're confused by Josh saying Apple Podcast. That's what it's called now. It's not called iTunes? No, not anymore. Apple has dropped iTunes. What? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, what is iTunes now? I don't know. It's just Apple Music, I think. Because remember, they started the streaming service, which is called Apple Music. So they've dropped iTunes. It's no longer a thing. Okay. Well, I what mean, I was going to say is the artist formerly known as iTunes is what Josh is talking <laughs> about. So if you're like, what? I don't have Apple Podcasts. You do. You do if you have an iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so please. Or uh, a computer. You just yeah, yeah, sign yeah. on to it. Yeah. Okay. So uh, if you would, that would be great. Second bit of follow-up from last week. We talked last week about pilots for new fall TV shows, uh, and we actually watched one of them. We watched the one that Josh wanted to watch. Surprise, surprise. Well, I did take the necessary steps to record it. I recorded one, too. I just haven't watched it yet. Yeah, so we watched Happy Together, the one that stars Damon Wayans Jr. and is based on loosely based on the life of Harry Styles when he moved in with one of his producers. Maureen, what did you think of the show? It was very silly. Very silly. I really like Damon Wayans Jr., so he was very funny. But overall, I think I'm going to pass on the show. It's just, it's too, like, sitcom-y. Yes, I also thought the show was pretty silly. So besides Damon Wayans Jr. and Amber Stevens West, who plays his wife on the show. Who, by the way, is beautiful and has an amazing voice. Yeah, but all the other actors are just... They're not very good. And and to Maureen's point about it being very sitcom-y, quote unquote, I think the thing that detracts most from it is the laugh track. 
it it's so hard to tell is there actually an audience maureen asked me that when we were watching it and i said i don't really know actually i would say probably not but it just gets on your nerves like halfway through um so maybe i'll watch another one i think maureen's definitely out on it but uh probably not something i would recommend so we have one more thing to follow up on and this is if you listen to our show Last week, and if you stay tuned to the very end, like after our, you know, leave us a review and blah, 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 um, we leave a funny little nugget, like an outtake at the end of our show every week. So if you listened until the very end, you would have heard me talking about using coconut oil to wash your face. And you tried it. And I tried it. I tried it because one of our VIP listeners, Maggie, sent me some follow-up messages after she listened to the podcast saying that she actually washes her face with coconut oil. So I was able to be like, okay, Maggie, explain to me exactly how this works because it doesn't seem very intuitive. Here's how you do it, people. You basically take a jar of coconut oil like you would cook with. You put like a quarter size amount on your hand. You rub it around until it becomes liquidy. And then you pretend like that's soap and you mush it all over your face. And then you have like basically all this oil on your face, but you take a wet face cloth and you like wash it off and it comes off with all of your makeup and dirt. It kind of is amazing in that way. It feels nice. It like your skin feels like soft. And then if your skin is a little dry after doing that, you can put on a little bit more coconut oil with like a cotton ball and just get a little bit on there and wipe it around your face. You lost me at use the coconut oil you would use for cooking. Yeah, it's all the same. Coconut oil is coconut oil. I mean, yeah, I get it. But it's, it's like we don't use other cooking things for I know our faces. Anyway, the jury is still out. I, guess. I was amazed do. that it actually worked and I've been doing it. It's Thursday now we're recording this. I've been doing it since Sunday night. So I've been doing it for a couple of days. Have you noticed any difference? I don't know. I think I'm still getting used to it. And I'm still trying to figure out how to prevent it from like, you know, getting into my hairline because I have really thin hair. It's all very complicated. But I've heard people swear by this. So I'm willing to give it like a week or two to see if my skin just starts glowing. So stay tuned for the saga of Maureen's coconut oil face wash. Yeah. All right, we just have a couple snack bag topics for this week. The first one is uh, theater based, and I saw this. Shocking! I saw this. Well, we haven't really covered a lot of theater on here. I saw this article on BuzzFeed. The headline reads: "Om Glinda, Kristen Chenoweth, and Adina Menzel are reunited for Wicked." So when I saw the headline, I clicked on the article immediately because. I love Wicked. It's one of, I really love the music. And these are the two who originated the lead roles. So it's very special. Apparently, they're not actually coming back to the show, but they are both going to be appearing in an NBC Halloween special called A Very Wicked Halloween, celebrating 15 years on Broadway. And there is apparently going to be a concert tribute to the musical. I am super excited for this. Are you as excited as me? Uh, no i what because i wanted them to be doing like a live version of wicked or performing wicked or them being in wicked for one night only on broadway and broadcasting it on tv but they're not actually going to be doing wicked so i'm 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 worried that this could turn into john stamos at the fourth of july no it can't be that it could be like oh guys we're gonna sing a little bit of wicked and then cut to like trick-or-treaters going around like well also appearing on the special is ariana grande who we know can sing and Pentatonics will also be performing. Who are amazing, and I love them. Yes, so that a cappella group, if you're not familiar. So I'm the, well, the girl in Pentatonics was on Broadway. She, yeah, she was. Boots. I am, for one, very excited about this. Uh, so if you are a musical fan, 
uh, October 29th, there will be this special on NBC, so check it out. Speaking of musicals, our next snack bag topic is also about an amazing musical that is being, well, I was going to say turned into a movie, but it's already been a movie. It's It's being being remade. remade. So the musical we're talking about is West Side Story. What do you think about the movie being remade? Does it need to be remade? No, it absolutely does not need to be remade. The the movie, the original movie with Natalie Wood is, oh, it's so good. And Rita Moreno? Who won yeah, an Oscar? Yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I don't think West Side Story needs to be remade into another movie. But weirdly, this this remake is being directed by Steven Spielberg. Can you think of a weirder person to direct a musical? No, but I'm excited about it. I feel so. the The article that Josh found is talking about how Ansel Elgort has been cast as the lead as Tony, um, and they're still casting the other members um yes ansel elgord if you're not familiar was in the fault in our stars he was in a movie last year called baby driver divergent the other yes, Hunger he was Games. In divergent so what do you think about this casting so what i was gonna say is i don't think the movie needs to be remade but with spielberg doing it and with him finding actors who can sing and dance i think it's gonna have great integrity and i'm really excited for it so at first when josh told me this i was like ew oh my gosh can he even sing because I'm mean, apparently. <laughs> but he can. I, I was looking around on YouTube today, and we'll link this in the show notes, but I found a video that's going to make every little girl's heart explode. Like, he is he's really good. He's really, really good. So I'm really excited for him. And I was reading about him today, and he actually studied at the School of American Ballet from age 9 to 14. So I think he's wow. going to be a good dancer. He's putting us all to shame in, in his accomplishments at such a young age. Yeah. Can I just say his voice is very good, but it's... It's low. It's low. It, it doesn't seem like he'll be... It's not like a Tony voice. When I think of Tony... Around the there corner. There she goes. And whistling down the river. Yeah. Oh, no. Come she on, deliver. Like, I don't actually know the words. I was just waiting. I, I was just trying to talk about musicals long enough for you to sing a copyrighted song. <laughs> Something's coming. Something good. <laughs> Steven Spielberg. Forget Ansel Elgort and just cast me. <laughs> cast Maureen as Tony. Yeah, so they haven't announced any of the other cast yet, but we'll be curious and we'll certainly keep you updated because this is, despite the fact that neither of us think that this needs to be remade, I think we'll both see it for sure when it comes out. Of course. I remember the first time I saw this, I'm pretty sure it was with my mom during the summer of musicals when we were growing up in which she was trying to educate my brother and I. And anyway, I was really devastated at the end of this because, spoiler alert, it's based on Romeo and Juliet and... People die. People die. Do you think we really need to offer a spoiler alert for well, I don't West Side know. Story, which I, is based on Romeo and there's Juliet? There's going to be a whole generation of people who this will be their first exposure to West Side Story. Well, that's cool. I like that. But they are also planning to revive it on Broadway again, even though it feels like they just did they it just a couple did, years yeah. ago. Anyway, we will keep you posted as more casting news comes out about the West Side Story remake. Our last bit of a snack bag this week, I came across this article This isn't totally new news, but I was so curious about this because I've heard about this music group from Korea called BTS. I've heard about them a a lot in the past uh, year or so, and apparently they are humongous. And this is why uh, the article I read was talking about just how big of a phenomenon this, this group is. So it's seven young men from Korea. They're all between the ages of 21 and 25, and apparently they sell out like arena shows around the United States and around the world. My big question from this 
which I'll ask you, is I didn't think this was still a thing, that there were these quote-unquote boy bands that were still making little girls so excited. I'm pretty sure that as long as there are teenage girls, there will be boy bands. I mean, I read this article too, and I watched some of their music videos. They don't really do it for me, but I can imagine that if you are like a teenage girl or tweenage girl, this is probably like for a little bit younger than like, you know, 16, 17, 18 year but I, who knows? I just feel like if – it's like one of those things where you can idolize this group of people and then you can actually like meet them. You know, for me when I was little, it was Leonardo DiCaprio. And if I would have been able to buy tickets to a something to meet him, I would have – I mean, well, what my about, head would have exploded with joy. What about your obsession, Backstreet Boys? Yeah, I loved the same thing. Boys, same thing and I as saw this. them with you, my family. <laughs> I think the one thing that might be different with BTS, which, by the way, stands for Beyond the Scene. I don't know what that means. But I think the reason that they probably are so popular in this day and age is because apparently they have a very big social media following. And they do that aspect of stardom and being famous really well. And I think that if they didn't have that, they would have to take a more traditional route like Backstreet Boys did. That is did. so interesting to think about because there was no social media when like I was in love with Leo or Backstreet Boys. Well, I what did you do? I can only imagine. Go ahead and tell them what you did for Leo. Don't act like you're embarrassed. You should be proud. I was 12. I'm, I'm proud of your ambition. And I created a Leo binder, which is still one of my best accomplishments in life. It's very impressive, but... I was 12. Girl was obsessed. Girl was obsessed. I have obsessed. a table of contents. There are different sections. Everything is in page protectors. And basically it was like I cut clippings out of the newspaper and any magazine that had him in it. There's a section where he's on the cover. There's a section where he was like, anyway, it's amazing. And I admire your dedication. That was my, my binder was like the first iteration of Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. It's, it really is the first iteration but of a social all, media it platform. Was, it was only things that I could find in the media on him. It wasn't anything he was putting out. That's where social media is the game changer because it's not just like the the fans collecting images in one place. It's the stars sharing and like, communicating the sometimes with the fans, which is totally new. We should do a whole episode on social media and the modern day famous person because I think it's really fascinating those who choose to have it and those who don't and how they are successful in different ways. All right, honey, let's move on to the marquee topic because this is probably your dream come true. The marquee topic this week, we are going to be talking about the reality television show Survivor. So let me preface this by saying for regular listeners of the podcast, you might be able to tell that Maureen and I don't watch a whole lot of TV shows together. We both watch some of the bigger ones like This Is Us and Game of Thrones, as well as some silly and fun ones like Beat Bobby Flay, which we've talked about before on Food Network. But there is one show that we watch religiously every week, and I would say we almost never fall behind watching it. Like, we'll DVR it and watch it so we don't have to watch with commercials, but we rarely leave it until the next day. Yes, I'm talking about Survivor, the reality show that took America by storm when it premiered in the summer of 2000. And before you ask, yes, it is still on. And yes, it's actually as good as it's ever been. I don't know, maybe I, I shouldn't say this as fact, but I think it's the best reality show on television for a lot of reasons, including the concept, which after 37 seasons, hasn't gotten old. The host, 
who is Jeff Probst, who is one of the best hosts I've ever seen on any reality show. The attention to detail, the cinematography, the way that they record the players, the adventure, so much more. So this week, we're going to talk about why we watch Survivor and why we think you should too. So the first thing I want to talk about is what is your Survivor history? Like, when did you start watching? If you stopped, what made you start watching again? And I already know the answer to this, at least the if you stopped and how you started watching again, but but our listeners don't, so you, you tell them. Yeah, so I watched Survivor. I don't think I watched the first season, but I picked up pretty early. So I was in high school. So this would have been 2000, 2001, 2002, 2003 timeframe. And I used to watch it with my family and my best friend from high school, Charlotte, used to come over and we would have Survivor parties. I, we, the joke was we called it Servor because Charlotte wrote it in my high school planner and like left out a vowel or whatever um but it was like a thing it was like and this was before dvr so we were watching it live but we loved it and we loved rupert the first season that he was on my brother kevin was obsessed with him so yeah so i was an early adopter i then went i went away to college and didn't have tv again it's so funny to think about this but like it wasn't that long ago but we did not have tv because we didn't have cable in our rooms and streaming wasn't a thing yeah you certainly couldn't easily catch up on things you missed no there was no hulu there was no i mean nothing so i didn't watch tv basically for four years while i was in college i only watched dvds and then yeah i just kind of lost touch with survivor until obviously josh and i got together and he was like my favorite show survivor and i was like you still watch that i watched that in high school but of course you know i was falling in love with him so i started to watch it again and it's really fun to watch together. And we love like talking about it and the strategy behind it. And we have friends who still watch it. And so it's been a really fun part of our marriage. I think that Maureen started watching with me again in season 23. So we have been watching, this is our 14th season watching together, which is really... Really? Yeah. So seven years. They do wow. two seasons a year, one in the fall and one in the spring. And yeah, so this is our 14th season watching together my brief history with it is that i do think that i watched the first season and i do remember watching with my family the season finale when richard hatch won he was the very first winner of survivor and it was just such a moment i think that there were like 50 million people who watched that finale that is crazy 50 million people today only shows after the super bowl get that kind of number you know, on on network television. It was like one of the first reality competition shows. And I distinctly remember that when I was in school, my mom was the PTA president and we were at a PTA meeting and the principal of the school stopped the meeting early so that people could go home and watch Survivor. Like it was that big that I was in this tiny school and they stopped a whole meeting and said, we'll pick it up next month because it was on a Survivor night. That's crazy. I also lost touch with it after a little while because I was a little bit younger and I wasn't really watching in high school or college until my senior year of college when Maggie, who we've talked about a couple times on this podcast, said, you got to watch Survivor. It's this season called Heroes vs. Villains. It was basically an all-star season of Survivor. And I picked it up maybe like three or four episodes into the season, and I was obsessed almost right away. I think it was helpful that it was all of these people who'd played before, so the level of gameplay between the contestants was a lot higher than it can be. And from there, I was totally hooked. 
Fun fact, Josh has also applied to be on Survivor. I have applied to be on Survivor several times. So if anybody listening out there has any connections with Survivor, I would still go out and play if they would give me a shot. Meanwhile, my family sometimes plays hypothetical family Survivor, and I'm usually the second person or so voted out in my huge family. After like the babies? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why, though. I think I've improved a lot since high school, and people are... I, I I could come. I could make a make a good fight for the title. Maureen's brother, however, would probably win. Yes. Very outdoorsy. Yes. Very smart. Okay, so let's talk about. I, I want to get into some of the things that make Survivor really great. So, what do you think are some of the best aspects of Survivor? Like, why is it? Why do you? Why is it that it's lasted for eighteen years and thirty seven seasons? I mean, that is insane in this day and age. Yeah, I mean, I think it's because it really shows the human condition it puts people in a place that strips down everything all the luxuries of society and it really forces them to bear their souls i mean it it really does challenge the human spirit i think to be in the elements and hungry and like there's mental gameplay and there's physical gameplay and i think that that is just really interesting to watch. And everybody is different. Every season is different. Every player is different. And I think personally it's very entertaining because it's interesting to watch the players and think how you might play as yourself. But you can also have a lot of empathy and admiration for the way different people play. I think I would personally be terrible at Survivor because you have to walk the fine line between building trust and then also being willing to break that trust and betray partnerships when the time is right it's like a human game of chess but right. then so for those then who... you have to basically the people you end up voting out are the people who could then give you the million dollars so that's the trick right so the basic premise of the game is that they start with a set group of people in two tribes so either 16 18 or 20 has typically been what it is and then you whittle it down until there's only one person left and the only way to win as Maureen said is to convince a jury of people that you've had a hand in voting out to give you the money. So I think to that point, that automatically makes it fascinating. I think one of the other things that's really, really great about the show is that if you think about content that's out there, and we've talked on this podcast about how there are hundreds of TV shows you can watch and hundreds of movies that come out every year. But one of the things that's really interesting about Survivor is that I would argue that it's still a family show. It's something you can watch with younger kids or older kids or adults. Everybody's going to find something different that they really like about it. So younger kids might really enjoy the challenges. So there are challenges every week. And that's exciting for younger kids. Like who puzzles are, and tightropes and swimming. And yeah, it's right. like... But for the older crowd, they enjoy things like the strategic gameplay and watching the interaction between people from totally different walks of life. I mean, on this current season, there's a person who is a robotics engineer, and he's teaming up with this guy from Kentucky who is a lawyer, but is totally from the South. I mean, they couldn't be more different in their personality, but they have an opportunity to get together and to work together, and it's fascinating to watch that dynamic play out. What I was going to say when you were talking about it being a family show is that The cool thing about it being 18 years in the making is that there are a lot of kids who have been watching this show their entire lives. And we've seen some of them get picked to be on the show. And they're like, yeah, I used to watch Survivor when I was five with my dad and I've watched it every year. And it's, I mean, it's crazy. It makes me feel old, but it's crazy to think about this show potentially, you know, 
them being born the year this show came out and now they're competing on it. And that's also pretty cool. I mentioned that the host of the show, Jeff Probst, who's been the host since the very beginning, he is an excellent host. And I don't just mean that he's good at at moving the game along in the right direction, but he is involved in the show in a way that hosts of other reality TV shows can't even touch. He is asking questions that push the gameplay along. He's leading in the elements. I mean, he is out there when it's raining. He's out there when it's 110 degrees. And his passion for the show comes through so strongly when you're watching it that it just makes you admire his skill and ability. Do you agree with that? Totally. So there's a section of the show called Tribal Council where the losing team has to vote someone out. And this is the part where Josh is talking about that Jeff as the host really kind of probing and asking questions that could expose some players' gameplay. I mean, he really is insightful and can ask pointed questions. It's very interesting to see how he kind of controls the game in that And way. he does it without note cards, and he does it without anything in his ear feeding him anything from the producers. So he is doing it solely on his ability and his knowledge of the game and the players that are playing. If someone's never watched this show, and now it's 2018, should they start watching if they've never watched before? Well, I think... You and I are probably biased, but if I take a step back and I think about if you're looking for something that's entertaining, that is easy to follow, that's really well done, I think Survivor is a great show to watch. If you're not a fan of reality TV, this doesn't really, to me, it doesn't come across as reality TV in the sense that you might be thinking. It's not, it's not really catty. It's not cheap feeling. It's not you know, it's none of those things. It really feels authentic to me. And of course, it is a produced TV show. So there is that aspect. But it just feels real. They're bringing these people together and putting them in, as Maureen said, these really raw situations in the elements and without food and water and comforts from home. And they have to survive. And to me, it's just fascinating to watch these people do that. And so if you're looking for something that's really entertaining, I think that you would you would like it. And I would say, so the current season that's called David versus Goliath is two episodes in. I still think that if you're interested in getting into Survivor this season, you haven't missed too much to get into it. And you can yeah, catch up. Yeah, you've missed like nothing. Now's a good catch time to up. start. You're only like very early in the game. Uh, you can catch up with the first two episodes on CBS All Access. If you don't have that, you can get a week free trial they're not sponsors of this podcast, but if they want to be, we'll, we'll have them as sponsors. Hey, Jeff Probst. No, not Survivor. I mean, CBS All Access. We'll just get the whole CBS network to sponsor us. Oh, I mean, Survivor great. too. I just want to meet Jeff Probst. That would be cool. If you want to check out Survivor and you want to get into it for the first time, or maybe you missed a bunch of the middle seasons, um, if you have Amazon Prime, there's a bunch of old seasons on Amazon Prime. I would highly recommend checking some out. And I'll give you some suggestions if you're interested. If you're looking for a season with all original cast, so no returning players, I'd recommend season 10, which is Palau. Season 12, which is called Exile Island. Season 15, which is Survivor China. Season 18, which is Survivor Token Sheens. Or season 28, which is Survivor Kageon. So one of those. Are, they're all very good. But if you're looking for a season, maybe to get into it a little bit faster with returning players, I'd recommend season 16, which is fans versus favorites, half 
returning players and half fans of the show. Season 20, which is Heroes versus Villains, the, the one that I mentioned really got me back into the show. Season 27, which is called Blood versus Water, where they had returning players playing against their family members, which was a really fascinating dynamic. Or season 31, which is called Survivor Second Chance. Although that one, you might want to wait until you've seen some of these other players play for a first time. Anything else you want to add about Survivor? I'm so jazzed about this, talking about this. I know. You guys should see him. He's like all smiles sitting here. So the, the last thing I want to say is that the opportunities to watch and engage with the show range from just tuning in week to week to being able to go in-depth on each episode with podcasts and blogs and written articles. There's something for everybody, I think, with Survivor. And I just, I feel like the reason I want to do this is because so many people say, oh, I can't believe you still watch Survivor. I can't believe that's still on. It is. And I think it's as good as it's ever been. Everyone should watch Survivor and then message us and tell us what you think. Yeah, if you do watch it, let us know. All right, let's get into teasers for this week. Actually, yours is so exciting. Let's do mine first because it's kind of lame. We'll talk about Maureen's teaser first and then mine. Okay, my teaser is called Won't You Be My Neighbor? And it's the documentary about Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood, the TV show starring Fred Rogers. And it's a documentary that Josh and I watched. It was really good. I cried many times. And it made me just want to start watching Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I would say that even if you don't have kids, it's a really good one to watch. I think it's a great example of someone who is called to a certain type of work and really like living out his passion. And that was really inspiring to me to kind of see once he kind of found what he was made for in this world, how much he was able to excel at that. And he didn't even start Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood till he was 40. Yeah, it was, it's really, it's really a really great documentary. So check that out. Yeah, and it will probably be an Oscar contender this year for best documentaries. So if you haven't seen it, definitely check it out before award season. Okay, so my teaser. I am pretty excited about this. My teaser for this week is a book, but it's not a traditional book. It's not like a novel or an autobiography or a biography or a nonfiction book. It's actually part cookbook, part lifestyle book, and it is called The Whole 30, The 30-Day Guide to Total Health and Food Freedom. So the reason I'm talking about this is because for the last 30 days... Ending yesterday. We're recording on Thursday. This is his first day. This is my first day off the program. So I did this whole program. And basically what it does is it calls for a 30-day elimination of grains, alcohol, legumes, dairy, and any added sugar. And it was really hard to do. I'd say the hardest part was probably finding things to buy that don't have added sugar. It's really crazy how much added sugar there is in in most things. Maureen and I were talking tonight over dinner about how you buy pasta sauce and it has sugar in it. I don't know why, but it does. So anyway, after 30 days, I can report that it was really quite successful for me. I feel better. I noticeably slimmed down. My clothes fit better. My digestive health has improved immensely. And it's really helped me to change my overall thinking about food. You know, I don't feel the need to snack all the time. I don't feel sugar cravings. I also have to say that I fell in love with sparkling water. And uh, here's a little hot take. I think that Deer Park sparkling water is better than LaCroix. I said it. There I said it. Maureen, you joined me for the last week. You did Whole7. I could not commit to Whole30, you guys. I just really struggle with these things that set parameters, and it just makes me want to do all the things I'm not supposed to do. 
um, like only eat dairy and grains and legumes. But after seeing... <laughs> you just want to eat. just want to eat the forbidden things. After Josh was doing it, I decided to join him for his last week. So I did whole seven. and Which is not really a thing, but Maureen... It's not really a thing at all. But I did it. And I didn't cheat. Except I had vinaigrette one day, which I didn't really know what was in it. So that could have been a cheat. But if your cheat is vinaigrette salad dressing, you're doing pretty well, in my opinion. It worked for me, too. Honestly, even only doing seven days. And I don't think I could have done much longer than that. It was just making me crazy. But by, like, the fifth and sixth and seventh days, I didn't really have the cravings anymore. It was just a matter of I felt a little hungry because it was hard to like, cook things when you wanted a snack instead of just being able to grab something. But Right. You really have to plan ahead if you're going to do this. Yeah. I ended up feeling really good. And I will say, Josh, neither Josh nor I drink caffeine on a regular basis. So we didn't have to give up coffee or anything like that. I drank a lot of herbal tea just because I wanted something with flavor. But I ended up losing a couple of pounds in just a week. And oh, yeah. I lost 21 pounds yeah. in 30 days. <laughs> that's crazy. I lost three and a half pounds. But again, just a hey, week. Hey, seven days. That's pretty good. I know. Yeah. So if you're interested in trying it, my teaser for this week is the book that can help you get you started. Okay. That will do it for this week. Have a great week. Thanks for listening. You can leave us feedback, comments, or questions on each episode by going to vernacularpodcast.com slash popcast. We would love to hear from you and we would especially love to hear what you want to hear about on the show. You can also reach us by emailing the podcast at vernacularpodcast.com. Please also subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We put out a new one every Friday. And if it's not too much trouble, please drop us a rating or a review. It helps other people find our show. We'll be back next week, as always, sitting cross-legged on our bedroom floor with a brand new episode. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. I don't know that we have an outtake. You want to just sing another song? This is how you eat No, sing another goodbye song. So long. Farewell. No, one we haven't done yet. (laughs) Come on. We did that one. And we sang in sync, bye bye bye. There's got to be other goodbye songs. Um, M I C. See you real soon. K E Y. Oh my gosh. Why? Right. Because we like you. See you later, everybody. M O U S E. Mickey Mouse Club. <laughs>